What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to this edition of Picks and Picks, the soccer betting podcast. Scotty and Nick here, Coach Steve MIA. He is a, an every other week guy at this point in time. He's too busy talking about Roma and their devastating loss to Fiorentina last week. Are they going to miss out on Europe? Find out a little bit later on in the episode. We're going to bring you our studs and duds of the week, give you the rundown on what's going on in the EPL and Serie A, and of course, hit you with our best bets, our locks of the week. Scotty, Liverpool coming off of a fresh victory. What do you got for us? Yeah, I mean, wasn't really expecting necessarily an easy win against Aston Villa, but good to get any sort of result. Although, to me, it's I don't think the league is a priority for Liverpool for me right now. I think United or not United City have a, a pretty good grip on it. But I gotta say though, it's it's a it's a sad state of affairs when the schedule is so packed that we now have to rotate and rest podcasters. Um, it's true. It's it's, it's tough. Maybe, maybe Jurgen Klopp has a point there where this fixture congestion is just too much and it's not good for, for anybody. No doubt about it. Now, Coach, we miss you here, but we have not forgotten about you. We will actually kick off the show with your studs and duds of the week. Um, you know, it, it's funny. I could have almost written these for Coach. I knew where he was going. His stud of the week is Genoa. He's doing that to rub it in my face a little bit. Um, but the relegation battle did get a lot more interesting. They scored in the 87th and 97th minutes uh, to get that come from behind win against Juventus. It is why Juventus is banned from the bet slip. I will get into that a little more, um, but they're just two points behind salvation um, and one point behind Cagliari for that last spot to remain in Serie A. So definitely well-deserved stud of the week from these guys. Yeah, we talked about the uh, relegation battle in Serie A last week and how Salernitana is trying to make a, a great escape right now, moving all the way up um, and out of the relegation zone. I think they're in 17th now. Um, so kudos to them. But Genoa trying to, to, to keep pace, still a little bit off right now, but still two games left to go. It's going to so be a crazy two weeks, to say the least. And then his dud of the week is Chelsea. Uh, you know, they're a team that's basically going in the opposite direction in the Premier League. They're sputtering to the finish line. They blew a 2-0 lead to Wolves uh, in the last 15 minutes to have a 2-2 draw. Scott, we know Scotty had that uh, draw, yeah. no bet, so almost snatched a victory there. But they're only one point ahead of Arsenal in third. Uh, Spurs are within five. Three matches left. Highly unlikely they drop out of the top four, but yeah, continue along this path, it's certainly possible. Tough one to, to lose, or I, I guess not really a loss there, but tough points to drop in front of your, your brand new owner too. Uh, Todd Bowley was in attendance for the match, new, new owner of Chelsea Football Club. So it's uh, not a great way to, to, to start things off under the new regime, but I think that does kind of segue into my stud because for me, my stud of the week was Connor Cody, the goal scorer, captain of Wolverhampton and scorer of the, the goal that brought Wolverhampton level in, in stoppage time. Uh, I'm a big Connor Cody fan. He came through the Liverpool system. So uh, I've known him, been following him for, for many years. Uh, really, really has shaped himself into a, 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 you know, pretty steady and reliable center back for this Wolverhampton team and established himself as, you know, a Premier League quality player. Now adding goals as any good captain should when his team needs it the most. So not only did he do that, but he also, as you had mentioned, Nick, saved my draw no bet from the dreaded L column this weekend. And I think that was the only bet I had that did not end up in the L column. 
um, thanks to Arsenal's inability to score up a man in the second half. But yeah, rough week for us. Last <laughs> rough week. week. Um, and with that, no better way to talk about duds than huh. referencing my dud of picks. I don't think there's a bigger dud this weekend than Manchester United. Uh, that game was unbelievably bad for them. Uh, 4 nothing loss to Brighton. Again, another one of those games where it's like could have been six or seven. I don't think that's too far off, uh, off base. Um, I don't really know where United go from here because this isn't really an aberration for them now. I mean, I think most, most of the time when they lose, it's like, yeah, you know, they're, they're struggling and now they're starting to get blown out. Um, obviously got blown out by Liverpool in, in both matches this season. Uh, you know, they do have Ten Hag coming in, but unless he's a miracle worker and Only he's so got he like do. an unlimited budget and the ability to just, you know, chop 60 to 70% of this roster up, I don't really know how much progress is going to be made in the next year or two. Um, it's going to be one of those like rebuilds where you have to just accept that the next two years are going to be painful. You got to gut the, the, you know, yeah. club from the inside out. Oh yeah. And not, not to cut too much into what we're going to talk about, but the teams around them are not going to stand pat. We already know city is yeah. spending money. Chelsea has a new owner. Tottenham now will have a, the first real year under Conte and see what kind of transfer he's looking to bring in. Um, it's rough. And I was the jackass that bet on United last week. I, I just, I the saw desperation picks. It, it, I guess it really was. I mean, I just saw a line that looked too good to be true and I ran with it. I didn't even yeah. think twice and United are who they are. Shame on me. But yeah, credit to me. Cause I, I forgot those do count as wins in my, my column for last weekend. Cause I said to fade all of your picks. So technically three wins, two losses and a draw for me. Okay. Solid advice. I, I can't knock it. <laughs> All right, my stud of the week has to go to Sandro Tonali, the AC Milan midfielder. Um, this guy perhaps single-handedly won Milan the title with that win. Scored two goals. He had one goal that was maybe his best of the game, wrongfully taken away by some suspect VAR. Uh, could have had a couple of assists. He was literally all over the place. I, I think it was just a coming-of-age performance for him, um, just controlled yeah. that game from start to finish I, I would maybe rephrase that as has kept milan in the league for the title i don't know yeah it's no, still no, no. far from over and, and you know, no no no. it definitely I'm discussion to be if, had if, there if but, they you know. win the title it's this performance from him that yeah. likely gets them there like they don't win this game without the way he played that that's the point i was trying to make Fair right? um and then for my dad i mean it would have been very easy for me to say Man United. I knew Scott would take it, um, and, and rightfully so. But I think it's my other loser of the week. It is Moise Keane from Juventus. He cost me, probably Juve, um, the bet and, and, and a win. Uh, he missed several chances. And he's, he's, you know, listen, he doesn't get that much playing time, but he's a solid, young, improving player. Um, but he missed a sitter in the 85th minute. Murata is coming down on goal, two on O. Oh lays it across the keen somehow doesn't even hit the target into a wide open goal. Um, and that would have hit that team total. That would have given Juve a two, one lead. And for sure they hang on to it at that point. Yeah. It was at that moment that I knew all of my picks were going to lose on the weekend because I was enjoying the fact that you and coach are basically on opposite sides of the same total with just a small result in between that could cause you both to lose and it was a 2-1 Genoa win that would cause you guys to lose, and that's exactly what happened. Um, you obviously had the over one-and-a-half team total goals for Juve. Coach had under two-and-a-half total goals in, in between both teams, and with that three-goal result with one from 
Juve both lost. And that, to me, that was, I was this loving culture, every moment of that, yeah, but no, I, I knew the result was going to be gambling gods frown upon my, my poor etiquette and penalize me with losses all weekend. So, yeah. And it was, it was just brutal. I mean, that's the main chance that was missed, but certainly Juve missed a ton of other ones, uh, point blank shots, Dybala hit the post. Um, you know, the silver lining is, like you said, there was no way this game was going under. I did also have the over, which I hit, uh, but would have liked my lock of the week to, to get it home. Juve back on the band list. No, no doubt about it. I mean, I, <laughs> I was trying something new. Uh, you know, I've been, I've been kind of cold. So I said, all right, let me go back to Juve and see if I could turn this around. And they gave me everything I deserve them and United. Yeah. I, I think, uh, that's a good Good point to transition now into uh, kind of our rundown of what's going on around the leagues. Um, we can start with the Premier League. I think we got a, a couple of pieces of big news this week. Um, main piece of big news, Holland first will be signing with Manchester City at the end of the season. At the same time, it seemed like Manchester City wrapped up the title this weekend with, uh, with their win, and obviously Liverpool dropping points to Tottenham. Uh, City now have a three-point lead and like a five-goal differential lead. So even if they drop points um and Liverpool went out they're also Liverpool have to take over in, in that in that goal differential so I think City have a pretty good shot now it, they do have some tough fixtures but they have nothing left to play for whereas you know Liverpool still have two cup finals they got to consider so uh I think it's fair to say that they probably have this wrapped up but I don't think Liverpool fans should be disappointed about that because you know if you finish the treble the cup treble I don't think there's a team in Europe that wouldn't trade their season for yours so no doubt um but you know said it in our champions league uh preview final preview um you know manchester city getting a a brand new 250 million dollar player because they've managed to fail in, in the semifinals of the champions league is about as much as you can expect from that that club right now um if they don't get everything perfect they go out and buy the next best thing they can find so good for them i will say my my one i expect obviously not a hot take holland will play very well Manchester City for the next five or six years. I don't think anybody would would expect otherwise. But my point that I've kind of been making to, to some other people, some other Liverpool fans, I don't know that Holland will have as big of an impact at City as he does at like, a, you know, Dortmund or, or Red Bull Club because City have quality all across the board. Like someone's dropping out, right? Um, City haven't been playing a, a, a true nine striker system in several years. I think it was back when, you know, Aguero was really in his prime the last few years with Aguero and, and Jesus and Foden have been playing. I mean, a false he nine. doesn't like strike me as a true nine. In, no. in the sense. I mean, he scored a shitload of goals, but yeah, that, I mean, he's not that typical. Maybe forward. you have to go back to, to Tevez, right? That's maybe the last yeah. real one, but um, so they'll have to change their system a little bit. I think someone's going to have to drop out. You know, they're talking about, you know, obviously Jesus looks like he's going to be moving on, but even potentially a, a Mares or a Sterling could be moving on as well. So there's going to be, quality kind of moving around, shifting around elsewhere on the, on the, the starting 11. So he's still going to score a ton of goals for them. I have no doubt that he's going to make an impact, but it, it's not going to be like the same level of impact that he would have had if he, he went to some of these other, you know, mid to upper level teams that don't quite have the world-class 11 across the board that that city does. So it'll be interesting to see, and it'll be interesting to see how, how Pep has to kind of change tactics a little bit with, with this one. Counterpoint. 
all he has to do is be a little bit better than Grealish and Foden, and he looks good. Yeah, Grealish wasn't really playing much this year, though. Um, you know, uh, no, but that's yeah. what I mean. He's a successful transfer if he scores five goals, right? Yeah. By oh, again, I think he'll be fine. Like I'm not saying he's going to be a, a flop by any means. No, I, I think 15 to 20 goals is, is probably reasonable and yeah. expected. Um, moving down the table, obviously we still have a pretty tight race for the uh, top four, more specifically the fourth position, because although Chelsea have done quite a bit of damage to their their end of the season here, they don't really seem to be any risk of dropping out altogether. And the main reason for that is because Tottenham and Arsenal, the two biggest challengers for those last two uh, last Champions League spot, are, are playing each other on Thursday. So if you're listening to this and it's still Wednesday or, or Thursday before the match, um, you know. I would expect Arsenal to, to go all out in this one because a, a win here would be basically locking up Champions League for them for the first time in several years. Um, and you talked about at the top of the episode where United are in trouble. You know, where do they go from here? Everybody else around them is getting better. Arsenal getting in the Champions League and having access to bringing in some, some Champions League quality players, especially in the midfield where they've really been hurting, uh, I think makes them a, a really dangerous team. Um, you know, they're, they're here right now on the, on the basis of their young, you know, attacking core. Uh, and if you get them some solid midfield options, with, you know, aside like from Thomas Parkey and, and Grant Xhaka, who may or may not still be here next season, I think they become a really solid club. Maybe not a club with a lot of depth, but an 11 that can beat anybody else in the Premier League on their day. Um, what it means for Tottenham. I mean, we know Conte is, is here to win. Um, he has a, you know, a long road ahead of him if, if he wants to win. And I think that first step in the road is to obviously get into Champions League competition. Yep. So uh, while I don't expect them to, to take this thing down by any means, uh, they obviously had a big result against Liverpool on the weekend. Sometimes those type of results take more out of you, especially when you have a three or four day turnaround like they do um, in this one. I think the game is, is Thursday afternoon. So it'll be about a three day turnaround for, for Tottenham. Um, so I, I personally, I'm giving the edge a little bit here to Arsenal. Um, but I don't know. Are, are you thinking the same thing or do you have a little yeah, bit more? The only thing I'll say is Tottenham seems to get up for the big games. Uh, yep. You know, they've done it time and time again since Conte took over. They've certainly been inconsistent and that's to be expected with a manager taking over halfway through the year. Um, but this this almost has all the makings to me of like a classic Tottenham gets out and gets a, like a 2-1 victory. Uh, I, I feel like Son is going to be balling after, you know, I, I trashed him earlier in the year. Kulazewski's obviously been good, but this, this, this is like a Kane scores a goal and celebrates in like the 85th minute vibes. Yeah, and, and you know it's interesting with with Holland going to to City, the the, the knock on effect of that is you know where does Kane go? Um, Kane has been pretty adamant about wanting to move on to bigger and better things as he's in the the kind of tail end of his peak of a career and he wants to play for for championships. And All right, for- I have I have nothing to base this off of, but I could totally see some sort of swap where he goes to Chelsea and Lukaku goes over to Tottenham, play under Conte. I mean, I don't know that that happens in across London, London. I don't either. Like I said, I just made it up out of thin air, but I could see something like that. The problem is involved. The problem with shit has happened. I should say the real problem with that is you would expect Tottenham to have to take on Lukaku's contract and they are not the type of club to do that. Yeah. Um, At that point, just pay Kane and keep him there. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Um, and, and it doesn't seem like Kane really wants to leave England, which is interesting. I, th- I guess the, the thought process behind that is, you know, he could become the all-time leading scorer in the Premier League. So 
um, or at least English player in the Premier League. Um, sure. So it'll be interesting to see what happens in the summer with that. Um, you know, if Tottenham finished outside of Champions League again, which means Kane would have to wait another year potentially to get back into you know the top tier European competition. I could see him maybe reconsidering his potential appetite to move elsewhere. And hey, maybe we talk about Ten Hag needing to perform miracles and, and bringing in two hundred million dollars worth of players. You know, maybe it's one maybe, player. Maybe it's Kane. Maybe they bring in Kane and try to build around that. Um, so we'll see. But something to keep an eye on. Uh, I think this one, you know, if Arsenal win this one, I think that pretty much locks it up. It'll put them seven points clear uh, with two games left. So it, it actually does lock it up, right? And, so that, that would be over. And we'll be looking at that result because they do have a tricky fixture um, the way to Newcastle after, oh, right yeah. after on the weekend. Newcastle currently a plus 310 underdog. Um, you know, look, they've stumbled a little bit, but Newcastle was hot not too long ago. And Newcastle was good to this podcast. Yeah. Um, that that's totally a game where I can see. Take it now, game. because if, if Arsenal do win on Thursday, then nothing to play for, nothing to play for your year. You have that Thursday game followed by a Sunday turnaround. That's a short, they may be partying Friday night. I would take and, that now while you can. Yeah. I, I like Newcastle a lot in that game. I, I think they could pull off an upset. Yeah. And then finally, as we make our way all the way down to the bottom of the table into our relegation battle in the Premier League, it seems like Everton may have just done enough to get themselves out of the basement sad, of the Premier sad League. Sad day for and, picks and picks. And save them another year in the Premier League. Um, you know, I'm sure it's, for, for the Premier League purists, it's, it's a happy moment because Everton have been around for 100 and whatever, 10 years. So seeing them go down would have been a little bit odd, but the way that they've done it is kind of frustrating for me just because it's been they've just adapted this like anti-football football football, you know play style where it's like taking the worst of atletico madrid and then combining it with like the you know garbage style of play of west brom and just trying to muck it up Uh, and they've gotten a couple one-o results from there so uh not great i mean it's it got them the points that they needed to get out of it um there's still two games left maybe Burnley or, or Leeds turn it around. I guess both of them have to at this point, but Leeds is going all the way down. They haven't had a, a solid result in, in weeks. So Since I don't have March a lot took of over, right? Yeah. Since his first game. Maybe I, I don't really have a whole lot of faith in them. Um, so what's interesting about that Leeds is actually the favorite this weekend um, against Brighton. They are plus plus one forty. Brighton. Who's in what ninth place, eighth yeah. place, some somewhere mid table, just smash root. Manchester United for nothing. Smacked Manchester United. <laughs> they are plus one ninety. Yeah. Um. So, I, what does this tell you? I mean, do, do the books know something we don't know? Do Leeds run away with this game? Either yeah. way, we will also be looking at the over two and a half at minus one twenty. Leeds overs are bad. Always. Yeah. I mean, I'll tell you what the books are looking at here. They're looking at a team that's fighting for their life, playing against a team that's comfortably in the middle of the table. Um, and so I think so, that's so does the motivation weird shit like that happen in England the same way it does in Italy oh, because back in the day, sure. in Italy, certainly in the you know, towards the end of the year, the maybe even yeah. in the second division, it's almost like a, a paid off result, right? Like Leeds needs it, Brighton doesn't care, Leeds one nothing victory. Yeah, look what just happened with Everton and Chelsea, right? Everton needs it, Chelsea are pretty safe in third, not really much damage they could do. Everton scraps out a one nothing victory, so um, you know, I could say Leicester is another counter our point to that but we all know that Leicester is trash so I'm not sure but Leeds also that. Right, well <laughs> you're right you're right um and then yeah Burnley I mean I if it's between Burnley and Leeds I 
I never thought I'd ever hear myself saying this. I'd kind of like Burnley to stay up just because yeah. I think edge. they've done really well in the second half of the season. Um, they don't necessarily have that gross rough and tumble style play that they've typically had over the last seven or eight seasons uh, that they use just to survive in the premier league. Um, so I, I, you know, I'd kind of like to see them stay up. I'm not going to be sad if they go down, but you know, between the two of them, Leeds and Burnley, I think Burnley deserves this more than, than Leeds does. Yeah. And just the last thing I'll say before we um, switch leagues, we talked about Everton. They are, uh, they are a favorite on the weekend um, home to Brentford. They are minus one Oh five on the money line, Brentford plus two sixty. I'm just wondering out loud, when was the last time you think Everton was the favorite? <laughs> I don't, I don't know. It's been in 2022. Uh, I was going to say, we have to at least go back yeah. to October, November. In, in the Premier League. They may have in had like a match League, against sure. like a, somebody. Sure, yeah, I'm not yeah, talking yeah. about the FA Cup match yeah. against, you know, Middlesbrough or somebody. Yeah, yeah. So um, just something to keep an eye on. Yeah. All right. Well, let me take you over to Serie A. Um, I know the guys did an awesome job of talking about Milan last week. I just have to say they are still on course. They do have that two-point lead with two games remaining. Um, certainly have some tough fixtures coming up, um, you know, starting this weekend with Atalanta, but, you know, their destiny is in their own hands. Um, Inter, much easier schedule, but they dropped points, I think, two weeks ago, um, and they needed a thrilling uh, three-goal comeback after going down 2 nothing last weekend. So they, they've kept themselves in it, uh, certainly within striking distance, but Milan holds their own destiny. Yeah, I mean, that's definitely true. I think Milan do have the destiny in their hands, but I would not come close to saying that, you know, Milan have this locked up. No um, way. I think very much, I, I would, if I really wanted to go so far, I could even say that I would probably expect Inter to come away with this in the end, just looking at the schedule and how things are shaping up. Um, Inter really don't have a whole lot of, of uh, tough or you know bumps in the road that they really have to deal with. They got, uh, I think, what, uh, Sampdoria this weekend and then Cagliari, Cagliari? Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Or, or it, other way around. But Something those are the like last that. two. Yep. I mean, those should be pretty straightforward wins for a team that is battling for yeah, a, a title for the Scudetto, right? Yep. And then when you're looking at what Milan has, you know, that – of course, we are the number one podcast to call out Atalanta and their hashtag Serie B trash level of, of play in, in 2022, but still not an easy fixture by any means. And, and any sort of result here, you know, with the way the goal differential is playing out would pretty much put Inter into the lead, right? You know, Inter have this 14 yep. goal advantage in, in the goal differential. So even a draw, if Inter wins out, is enough to give Inter the title. So between that yep. and then Sassuolo, who have a Tricky. solid attack yep. and can put you away and just goals scored alone. Any, any chance to, to just eke out a draw from those two teams and it's Inter's title. So it'll be interesting to see. I, I, I was trying to look up the odds um, to see what the odds are for Inter to, to win right now. So I will say Inter, I, I believe they're still the betting favorite to win the title, or if yeah. they aren't, it just shifted. They've been the betting favorite probably since January. Yeah. And, and I think even when the two teams played each other, even though Milan got that victory, uh, Inter, I think, remain the favorite pretty much. Yeah, since Inter that game. are now plus one fifty. Milan are minus two hundred. Okay, so, so slight favorite just based on the last two weeks. Yep. Um, but certainly this weekend could could 
dismantle all that. And Scott mentioned Milan is home to Atalanta. They are a minus one thirty favorite on the money line. Atalanta plus three thirty. Um, I don't. I don't think I would ever see them that big of an underdog. But they've been in free fall. Uh, Scott's been on that train. I mean, he's he's absolutely right. But they're still a dangerous team that could score goals. And it's not like Milan's been blowing anybody out. So right. plus three thirty. I mean, if this is the weekend to get a result. I think they're what about even money uh, on double chance. Yeah. I can pull that up. So, um, you know, Atalanta to draw Atalanta plus a half a goal. Those are not bad bets. Um, this one's definitely going to be tricky. I think if Milan wins this week, if they beat Atalanta, I think they get the title that, I mean, I, I don't know that they go into the last game of the season. Sassuolo, you don't think Sassuolo can get the result? I think they could, but that's, I mean, it's another inconsistent team. Everybody that's kind of in that realm of team, right? Atalanta, Sassuolo, um, Hellas Verona, Fiorentina, Roma, Lazio, like all those teams from fifth to 10th, you can't count on anybody week after week. You, you can see, you know, Sassuolo can go and beat Inter and then they'll go lose to Cagliari. I don't know. Like it, it just, be nothing home, makes though. sense. It's always good to, to end the season at home on a high note. No doubt about it. Um, but unfortunately for them, I think, you know, they're they're not playing for anything the next couple of weeks, right? So there's yep. a four-way fight for Europe right now. One, two, and three are locked up. I think four is even locked up with Juve. Um, so, so Champions League is locked up. Um, we are looking at four teams for the Europa League and Conference League. So four teams for two spots. Lazio on 62 points. They do have the toughest schedule. They're playing Juventus this week. Um, you know, if you want to call that tough, of course, I know <laughs> I'm sure Scott has something to say about that, um, but certainly not an easy game. And uh, Roma, Fiorentina and Atalanta are all on 59 points. So just one win behind Lazio, two games to play for everybody uh, should be a pretty wild finish. Yeah, I mean, Coach Steve's not here, so we're going to roast Roma a little bit. I mean, yeah, we are. How, how unbelievable would it be from Roma being on this, like, feel good, we're in the Conference League finals, potentially going to make it into Europa to could they lose that to Feyenoord and then yes. drop down out of even Conference League play with Fiorentina passing them in the or Atalanta potentially passing them at the end of the season, and now they have no Europe next, next year? It would be beautiful to watch. Um, <laughs> listen, we, we've given credit on this podcast to Mourinho. He's done a pretty good job considering the team that he has, the team that he puts out week after week, the same 12 or 13 players. Um, but that loss to Fiorentina was a backbreaker. I mean, they got dominated from minute one. Um, you know, listen, suspect, so I wouldn't say suspect, softer penalty call in the second or third minute to give Fiorentina the lead. And then some of the worst defending I think I've ever seen in my entire life, five or six minutes later for Fiorentina's second goal. But they never let up the rest of the game. And I don't think Roma had a concrete scoring chance from the 80 or so minutes I watched. Now, I, I do have a prediction for this one, and that's if uh, if Roma lose to Venezia, we will not see Coach in the podcast for the rest of the season. Oh, no doubt about it. He will, he will not retire show until September. <laughs> yep. That's a fact. Um, so I, I think that's going to be tough for them. And you mentioned, could they lose to Feyenoord? I think they can. Feyenoord's in a final for a reason. I know we can trash on the Dutch League. There's no defense. There never has been, never will be. Um, but they score a shit ton of goals, man. They are an over machine. Uh, I know the last game against Marseille, I think was a zero zero, but they were already up on aggregate because they scored four goals the, the week before. Um, so they could very conceivably lose that game. So that makes you wonder which Roma shows up this week. They are a minus, I think 400 favorite. Um, 
against Venezia. But crazier shit has happened. We've seen Roma go 80, 90 minutes without scoring a goal. Yeah, we've also seen Roma lose to somebody named like Brodo Glint. <laughs> three times, if I'm not mistaken. Or <laughs> they three times. They lost twice and drew once. Yeah. So, so. it'll be tough for them. Um, and then, of course, in the relegation battle, we have Salernitana, Cagliari, and Genoa. They're separated by two points. Uh, the three teams, so Salernitana is just safe. Cagliari is in the relegation zone by one point. Genoa, one point below them. Um, so just definitely it's something to keep an eye on. Interesting about this one is no one's actually been relegated yet. Whereas in the premier league, we do have the two clubs. We have Watford and we have Norwich who have officially been relegated. Can't get out of it. Venezia still in 20th place could conceivably escape relegation with back-to-back wins and some points dropped, uh, against all those, any of those other three. Um, so it is still pretty tight at the bottom there and, and, you know, maybe that's, maybe that's how Roma loses, right. As Venezia comes out like a man on fire, um, nothing, nothing, nothing held the back part about the fixture. No doubt about it. I mean, they've got 25 points after 36 rounds minus 35 goal differential. Uh, they, I don't even know that they've scored three goals in a game this year. I'm sure they have, but I mean, I can't think of one off the top of my head. Um, but it would be awesome to see them come out fired up and, you know, how do Roma respond, right? Which Roma shows up? Is it the team that made the Europa League final or is it the team that conference league final conference league final? Excuse me. I should Careful. give them more credit than they deserve. <laughs> um, but definitely interesting. And, and um, you know, uh, Salernitana is going to have a pretty tough one, I think, against Empoli. Uh, we'll get into that one a little bit later. It's one of Coach Steve's locks, but I will give you the, the arguments against it. Um, you know, we know Venezia has Roma, um, Genoa is at Napoli going to be a really tough one for them. And we spoke about Cagliari at Inter Milan. So very conceivable that all these teams drop points this week. Yeah. Well, I think that's a good segue. I mean, let's, let's get into our, our hat trick of picks. Uh, I think maybe we should just start with coach since we've already started to allude to that one. Yeah, there you go. So he is taking Salernitana on the money line. They are plus one Oh five at Empoli. Uh, his logic being Empoli has just one win in the calendar year 2022, six losses in the last 10. They are safe from relegation with nothing to play for. And Salernitana is desperate for points. Uh, four wins, two draws in their last six, which is obviously awesome. I will say that Empoli's one win was, I believe, a six or, or that thrashing of oh, Napoli, yeah. right? I yeah, it was. They, where yeah, they it was just like four, four or five. They came, I'm sorry, they came back. Um, they were down two nothing in like the 80th minute. Came back and won the game. Yeah, um, they were the team that went up two nothing against Inter last week. They did wind up losing that game, but yeah. certainly can score. Pinamonte has been on fire for them. He's an Inter loanee. Um, it, it's not an easy game and Salerno town is on the road and I get it. They're a feel good story lately, but they're in fucking 19, 17th place for a reason, wherever they are. Right. They're not there by accident. It's not going to be as easy as uh, coach Steve is making it out to be for a lot. Yeah. And I think we need to take a pause here and recognize that coach Steve who loves to bet with his heart and bet on Roma is not betting on Roma in a weekend where they are playing the last place team in the league. So kind of tells you how much confidence coach has in his, his club right now that he, he's not, you know, backing them to win as one of his locks of the week. Facts. And uh, for his total, I think this one's pretty straightforward. He's got leads over two and a half. That's minus minus one twenty. Taking um, Knicks over on the leads. You know, Hey, that's fine. I think that's a, um, 
that's a podcast favorite. Anybody's welcome to it. Leads overs are pretty automatic. Six of the last eight, and then Brighton throw them in five of the last six. Yeah. Um, and then his props, he actually is going to a, a Scotty <sighs> prop. I like to call this one. Yeah, he he's, is. This right from underneath you. And that's Wolves to keep a clean sheet against Norwich. We've talked, uh, that's even money, by the way. We've talked about Wolves and how good their D is. Norwich sucks and can't score. Um, but Wolves also have the fourth best goals against, right? So that that goes right in line with yeah. what we've said. So um, Norwich shut out in three straight. The first meeting between these teams was 0-0. Uh, I can't really fault that. That's that's right out of the Scotty playbook. Yeah, we'll segue that. I'm going to start with my total just because it it's similar. I'm taking the under two and a half in this Wolves versus Norwich match, which is only minus one ten. I thought way for better. Sure this would be way yeah. way shorter odds, but um, honestly, it combines my love of Wolves unders because of their great defense and my love of Norwich unders because of their piss poor offense. So for me, this is a no brainer. Take the under two and a half. As we just said, first matchup was zero zero. I don't see Norwich scoring goals in this one. They haven't really scored goals uh, in the last few weeks. Although I did take the under on them West Ham last week and West Ham put up a four spot. So unless Wolves repeats that same performance, uh, which I don't think they will, uh, this should be an easy win. Uh, Shifting gears backwards, going to my, my money line pick of the week. Talk a little bit about it. Leeds being the favorite in their match against Brighton. Brighton draw no bet is plus 110. Um, Leeds, yeah, I get it. They're fighting for relegation. You know, hungry dogs run faster, but Brighton just smacked United 4-0. Uh, Leeds are very much in relegation form. It's not like they've been putting up a fight for the last few weeks and are, are starting to turn things around. They're still they very much poor man's United, if you will. Yeah. So uh, expecting Leeds to get a full three points here, although maybe I would enjoy that secretly because that could then put pressure back on Everton. I just don't foresee that happening. So Toronto bet, again, protect yourself against a, a last-second goal that evens things out like you saw in the Chelsea-Wolverhampton game this weekend. Get still plus money odds in case they win. Take that to the bank. Uh, and then my prop. Uh, going a little, little different here. Um, Everton versus Brentford. Uh, normally, we like to take both teams to score yes. I'm actually going the other way. I'm taking both teams yeah. to score here no. It's minus 105, so you're getting basically even odds. And the reason for that is exactly what we talked about with Everton and how they've seen success over the last few weeks. And that's because they're playing this anti-football football where they just don't want anybody to pass the ball. They don't want anybody to shoot the ball. They don't want there to be any progression in the game whatsoever. Um, They're going to pack their box. They're going to take their chances, but fortunately for, or unfortunately for them, fortunately for us, their offense is pretty bad too. Um, Calvert-Lewin has not played well at all this year. Richarlson has been, uninspiring to say the least do they wish they had my dud of the week moise Moise Keen? Keen? sure do sure yeah. do um but i think uh i think rafa chased him off or maybe enchilati not sure which one of those two made that call but um, he's now in italy and, and much better for it if i'm being frank um, so i'm gonna take everton versus brentford both teams to score no brentford again not really playing for anything i don't think they're gonna be able to break down an everton bus so uh, one of those teams is not going to score. I could also see this very much being a zero zero draw that Everton would enjoy. Cause that just gets them an extra point in this relegation battle. So I, I love all the odds on every bet you've made. You're right in the yeah. wheelhouse that plus plus one ten to minus one ten, even money. Coin toss, Brown. coin toss, to give it. the vague to the book. That's all that it is. Love it. Love it. All right. I tried my best to, um, to stay where you are. 
With my first money line pick, it's Fiorentina. They're playing Sampdoria, minus 105. I think they can build on their complete domination of Roma last week. Um, they're going to need it if they're looking to make top five. They're looking to make Europe. Sampdoria is pretty fucking terrible this year. So minus 105 is just a great number, and I'm going to ride with it. Um, for my total, I am going with Napoli. Uh, you know, not too much to play there, play for there. Um but they are playing Genoa. Um, Genoa stinks. I know they're they're playing for everything. We spoke about them. But Napoli's team total is one and a half. It is minus 145. I think that they get the result Juve couldn't. Uh, you know, it's going to be one of those where they're just going to get a ton of chances. They hopefully score a goal nice and early. And if not, Genoa fucks me two weeks in a row and they go to the band list. Uh, I fortunately probably won't have to worry about that next year because they'll be relegated if they lose this game but i think napoli gets to two goals here minus you don't want to bet on on serie b nick you only i mean wouldn't be the first time but it's not something i will advocate for our listeners uh also we've been betting on alonzo all year so we've been betting serie b if you subscribe to that facts that is true (laughs) um and then my prop of the week, I, I didn't brag about it yet, but guys, it happened. I finally hit a corners bet last week. I had Sassuolo Udinese over 10. I think there were 16 in the game. That was a no-doubter. I was just so down from the other two losses that I couldn't even brag about it until now. So I waited till the end of the episode. So because corners hit, we are going back to corners. Milan, Atalanta. It's going to be something else to root for in this game. Total corners over nine and a half. I believe that's minus 120. Um, so we're going for two in a row. We're on a roll. Let's get it. Nick, I'm going to hit you with a little bonus pick here. You can Go. tell me if you want to advocate for it or against it, but it's a pod parlay. Go. And as we talked about it, sometimes storylines are just too good to be true. And for me, with the way that Serie A has been going all season and the flip-flopping at the top of the table, if you wanted to take Milan finishing this weekend in first place, meaning Milan would have to have a win against Cagliari and Atalanta plus a half goal. So getting a draw or better result for against AC Milan, those odds are plus 175. So if you are under the same idea that I am, that I think at some point this is going to flip-flop, um, it's a little bit better than taking, you know, we talked about the odds for Milan to finish the season in the, in the champions or in the, in the, First place is plus 150. Here's a, an indication you can get there with plus 175. All right. I like it. Um, I, this is a game to me where I feel like I got a lot to fuck shit up. That's why I didn't want to really touch touch the game in that way. I'm just kind of going to sit back and root for corners. But I think plus, you know, we talked about it, plus 330 on the money line, even money on, on the double chance. I think that's probably too good to pass up. Um, so that coupled with an Inter Milan victory, I can I can co-sign that again. If you if you if you think Inter Milan are going to end the season in first place, the current odds for that are plus one fifty. This is the if way that's going it. to happen. It's going to probably happen this week. This week because no, this week I agree. Masuolo at the last weekend not going to be as as tough of a chance um, or tough of a, an opponent for for Inter. So take the extra extra juice here at plus one seventy five. I week. like it. I like it a lot. All right. Well, I think that wraps things up. Uh, If you like what you hear and you want to hear more, please subscribe to whatever platform you're listening to us on. So we're on Apple, we're on Spotify, we're on Stitcher, we're on Deezer, we're on on, uh, Amazon. So wherever you can find find podcasts, you can subscribe to us. Um, You can find us on Twitter at KicksPicksPod. 
I'm at Scotty KP. Nick is at Nick Diani. Uh, join us. We have one episode left before the season's over, and then we'll have to do a recap. So no doubt about down it, to guys. It. We we did just record a Champions League preview. We have been absolutely dominating. Um, when it comes to telling the truth or seeing the truth, seeing the future, uh, we, we've pretty much nailed every leg up until this point. So definitely give that one a listen. It's a, it's a nice short listen. We appreciate it. And as Scotty said, please share it with your friends.